lives Let's travel the world together She can make it easy and in any kind of weather No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel-good sounds Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt Betty and the Jets Oh, she's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen Big Fat Ugly Crocs on Got her wings on too You know i never seen a better stew Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots and from traveling around the world. The music for this episode I recorded on a layover in Rome. It's two different street performers. I love street performers. And uh, in this episode we have stories about crocs, mountains, bands, wings, babies, helmets and rude British ladies. Let's get on with the show. I took a little Georgia road trip. Um, I'm considering possibly moving and possibly not commuting anymore just because it takes up so much time. I'm not sure. And I've been just thinking about different areas. And I've run into people who live in um, the Georgia mountains, like a Big Canoe, Jasper, LJ, Blue Ridge. So I rented a car and I drove up to the mountains. And uh, and one morning I went to the Waffle House. I love the Waffle House. I know that's silly, but to me it's exciting. I like it. I think it's good. It's inexpensive. Uh, they're not a sponsor. I really need to get a sponsor. I'm not fancy enough to have a sponsor. I, I really do need to work on that. Anyway, uh, I'm at the Waffle House and um, they were training somebody. You know, usually it's like older women. You know, they have all the lingo, smothered and covered and all those things. But they had a nice new girl, and she was with one of these older ladies. And um, so she's instructing her and with me, and she's refilling my coffee. And she's like, you take the coffee away from the customer. You pour it, and then you reset the mug with the handle at four o'clock. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that's, that's impressive training for a cheap place, don't you think? So then uh, I was in Blue Ridge, real nice place. Actually, some of those towns, Jasper, LJ, Blue Ridge, man, they're it's kind of like going back in time. They're kind of like sweet little towns. Anyway, I had I had parked where I thought was close, central to uh, the downtown strip. And uh, then I realized it was a little bit further and it was raining and I had my umbrella out. And uh, I was walking there. I had to walk like a block. No big deal, right? And uh, this woman stops and rolls down her window. And I was thinking, huh? Like, what is, is she going to ask me for directions or something? And she said, do you need a ride? And I was so surprised. I mean, this happens to me a lot in other countries, but not usually in the United States. And I was like, oh, no, thank you. But that I was thinking, how sweet. (laughs) And again, like going back in time. Then I met another woman and she was telling me that uh, she lives off the grid, no electricity. And I was like, really? (laughs) Because really, to me, that really sounds daunting these days. You know, I had like four days after Hurricane Matthew without electricity. And I'll tell you, by the fourth day, I was like, oh, boy, I 
I need electricity. <laughs> but she was saying because, you know, she lives in a little place out in the woods. She has propane uh, so she can cook things, uh, but she doesn't use electricity and she uses candles. And she was saying that she thinks because she's like so pure and so untech addicted that uh, she said birds will land on her shoulder. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> she just could be a kooky old lady on the woods, but I was impressed. So I'm not working for a little while flying because I fell so stupid. I fell in Brussels. I was in a place that's like kind of an old place. You know, that's part of the charm about Europe is, you know, you can go into these older places. It's funny because I was going to do some writing and I went upstairs. It's an upstairs area. It was raining outside. Normally I'd sit outside, but I thought, oh, and then I saw that, hey, upstairs, and I thought, oh, that might have a nice view over the square. And uh, I went upstairs, and there was a group, like, having a party up there, kind of like a birthday that was loud. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's not for me. So I go downstairs, and as I was walking downstairs, the steps were, like, uneven and old. You know, we don't have much of that in the United States. So I was holding on, and I was thinking, I bet you people hurt themselves here all the time. <laughs> well, then. Uh, I'm on the ground level, and I was walking. I didn't see a step. It wasn't stairs. It was just a step for no reason. And uh, all of a sudden, my foot just felt air. I just went down and my ankle went underneath me and these strangers helped me up. And I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, but I was thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm okay. So I, I went outside and it's in the square in Brussels. There's like a, they're into like embroidery, embroidery, uh, doilies. And there's this lady, she's like an automated lady that's sewing in the window. And so it was a reason for me to stand in the window, like I'm looking at the lady, the embroidery sewing lady, but I'm really thinking to myself, okay, can I walk on this ankle? What's going on? How hurt am I? Ugh. So anyway, I hurt myself. <laughs> I got a sprained ankle and a small fracture. So I have to wear this boot brace, like a brace kind of thing, but it's got plastic on both sides. And, uh, it works, which is great, but I really can't get it into a shoe. Uh, I can get it into my giant hiking boots, um, which I didn't really want to just wear giant hiking boots. I was trying to figure, and it, that actually wasn't that easy to get it in. It's too big and fat. So I went to the Croc store and I bought big, ugly men's Crocs because uh, I can get my foot in a sock because you kind of need a sock with this thing too because otherwise the plastic kind of digs into your skin. So um, so now I'm walking around in big, fat, ugly Crocs. <laughs> I'll like put a nice outfit on and uh, with big, fat, ugly Crocs. And so um, you know the story from a few months back uh, in September when I went to Ecuador and I was all excited about the blue-footed boobies and how the men the men, the male blue-footed boobies, uh, the bluer their feet, the more healthy the bird is. So they sort of do this kind of wiggle-woggle dance. Uh, look at my feet. Look at my feet. Look at my feet. Um, and so now I feel like uh, when I'm out and about, I'm like, don't look at my feet. Don't look at my feet. Don't look at my feet. I got a couple stories from a listener named Betsy, and I was thrilled because of my big, fat, ugly ankle. I'm not doing as much flying, so I don't have uh, the opportunity to get as many stories from other flight crew. So this is from Betsy. She said, 
We just got back from a short trip. On the outbound flight, we shared a plane with a whole group of members of the Stanford band. Waiting at the gate, I saw them wearing sequins, pajamas, silly hats, a cape, and blue hair. The Stanford band really puts the un in uniform. As the flight attendants started the safety demo, they were, quote unquote, assisted by several dozen pairs of hands, all indicating the whereabouts of the exits, holding the safety information card aloft, turning them around, unfolding them, and so on for the whole ritual. The flight attendants managed mostly to be amused and not too flummoxed. One of the flight attendants later threw a bag of pretzels to the band member at the window seat. Playfully, of course. As the plane accelerated down the runway, they began cheering, thrust, 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 and then lift, 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 as the wheels left the ground. A member of the cheerleading squad sat next to me, quietly reading some homework. She rolled her eyes at the band's antics and muttered, every time. Once we were underway, the pilot came on the intercom and advised, we're glad you all have rehearsed our safety demonstration. If that college thing doesn't work out for you, remember you can always apply with our airline. He paused and added, that's what we all did. This is another story from Betsy. I like the name Betsy. It was a formal wedding, and the bride had put on quite a bit of effort into getting everything just right. The entire wedding and reception went off without a hitch. The trouble was, a bunch of the groom's buddies conspired to get him very drunk, shuttling him to all the tables and seeing that he toasted at each one. He was pretty happy and relaxed towards the end of the evening. One of the groom's uncles got a photo of him throwing up out the window of the limo as they departed. The bride was not happy. The morning after, bright and early, they boarded a commercial flight to begin their honeymoon. The groom was still badly hungover. He was still so hungover, in fact, that he managed to use his air sickness bag before the plane even left the ground. The bride, trying to be cheerful, explained to the now-alarmed flight attendant, Uh, he'll be okay. He, uh, is just nervous about flying. The groom wisely kept quiet. Well, you know, everybody has those big headsets on yeah. nowadays. It's a problem. And I could never, uh, they, they don't pay attention to you. So when I put their entree down, I just say like Julia Child, put up a cheat. <laughs> Do they notice? No. <laughs> look at my feet. Look at my feet. <laughs> look at my feet. Look at my feet. <laughs> don't look at my feet. Don't look at my feet. Don't look at my feet. This comes from listener Mikey. My mom was a stewardess back in the day when they were flying Lockheed Constellations, and they were still called stewardesses. She flew with the Flying Tigers, so it was mostly military personnel. She used to tell us a story about when they would fly across the Pacific, they would stop on Wake Island to refuel. One time, after they had landed and refueled, they were getting ready to take off, and one of the engines wouldn't start. Well, to get a real mechanic out there might have taken a week, and if he didn't have the right part, even longer. So the engineer climbed out on the wing and beat on the engine cowling with a fire axe. Well, the engine started, and the engineer climbed back in, and they took off and finished the trip. I doubt that would go over very well nowadays. Thanks, Mikey. I saw this in my Twitter feed, which I thought was funny and uh, also offensive. 
but funny. It was from Star Flyer Gold, and it said, Air India crews are shouting, Jai Hind! After each announcement, which means hail the motherland. I find that very odd. But it said, what would other airlines do? Would Air France say, vive la France? (laughs) Would British Airways say, God save the Queen? Would Qantas yell, hail the Bobby? And uh, Lufthansa? Eh? We had problems with hail before. No thanks. So I have extra time, and I've been doing projects that I've been putting off forever because I never usually hear. And you know how sometimes you, once something is in your house for long enough, you like stop seeing it. And when I had moved into this condo, they had a shelving organization system in the closet, which is great. And there's like um, shelves for shoes, which is great. But it's that shelving system that has the holes and you can get the little pegs. And uh, I realized I could fit twice as many shelves and twice as many shoes in there. But I couldn't find that size shelf anywhere. And I couldn't find, like I was trying on the internet, I didn't know the name of the closet organization system. And I was looking and I looked at Home Depot and I looked at Lowe's and I just wanted to get uh, this size shelf and I couldn't get it so I got another size shelf and I went to a lumber store and I went to Home Depot and I'm like can you cut this because like if you cut it in half it'd be the right size shelf and they're like no no and I was like oh crap so then I thought oh I don't know so I just cut cardboard (laughs) that size a few pieces of cardboard so it was enough to hold a shoe you know it doesn't look good right so it's been like that for a long time. And so when I'm having this extra time here, I was like, oh, yeah, that, that, was, that cardboard's not great, is it? So I get off on a quest to find those shelves. So I go to Home Depot. And again, I found something that was like twice the size. And I was asking them if they could cut it. And they said no. And I was like, is there any way? Can I like buy a piece of wood and have you cut it? I had the uh, one of the one of my shelves the right size with me. Can you cut a piece of wood this size? Can I get like you know, four more of these. And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. And I was thinking, oh, I could have solved this problem a long time ago. So now we have like three guys standing around um, while the one guy's doing all this cutting on my board, you know, and then I was going to paint it. Anyway, they were like, uh, so what do you need these boards for? And I said, oh, you know, I have a shelving system in my closet, and this way I can put more shoes. And then I see all three of them looking down at my feet. And remember, don't look at my feet. Don't look at my feet. <laughs> Because I got on big fat ugly Crocs and I could see on their faces like, yeah, you look like someone who, who really likes shoes. <laughs> I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon, which is so convenient. You went to my website, BettyInTheSky.com. It can click through. It doesn't cost you any more. supports the show. You can even bookmark it. And I like to see what people buy. Somebody bought a 15-pound weighted blanket. Now, I've been hearing about this, and people seem to like it. I think it might be hot, but I might look into it. Um, Somebody else bought Yoga School Dropout, a hilarious, hapless, and desperate quest for mystic Indians and tantric bliss. I like that title. And then uh, Julianne bought, and I know that she bought it because she left a review, she bought The Tar Maker, uh, an Icelandic adventure, the book two in the Tar series. And then she wrote a review. You know, nothing warms my heart like a good review. So she wrote, it really makes my day. She wrote, the continuation of the Tar collection was better than the first. I loved traveling around Iceland with the characters and the ending was spectacular. Oh, thank you, Julianne. 
This comes from listener Phil. Thanks, Phil. I boarded the aircraft. It was a Cathay Pacific 777 going from Heathrow to Hong Kong. And I was seated next to two middle-aged British ladies traveling to Hong Kong for a holiday together. They were chatting away very loudly and already had a few gin and tonics under their belt. The last few passengers were boarding, and a young and relatively new flight attendant was handing out menus for the flight, which included drinks and pre-dinner snacks, which be served just after takeoff. The snacks were peanuts and pretzels. The loudest of the two ladies, which is saying something, rudely addressed the flight attendant and asked her to come back to talk to her. She said that she suffered from a peanut allergy, and if people were eating peanuts in a confined space, that she would have an allergic reaction. But, she quickly added, if she was seated in a more open space like business class, she'd probably be okay. All right. The young flight attendant politely said she would go and check with one of the other flight attendants. Shortly later, another flight attendant came over. The lady repeated her request, this time even more empathetically, saying her life was at risk if she didn't get moved to business class. Her life was at risk if she doesn't get moved to business class. The flight attendant listened politely and said she didn't think that would be possible. The lady became even ruder, demanding to be moved. Now, another flight attendant came and politely said she would have to talk to the purser. Moments later, the purser appeared and calmly asked, Ma'am, my colleague said you suffer from a peanut allergy. Is that correct? The lady agreed and repeated her demand to move to business class or risk dying. Did you make us aware of this when you booked your ticket, the purser politely requested? The lady said she had not and again insisted the problem could be solved by additional space in business class. I was dreading the thought of being sitting next to these two for the next 11 hours, but my fears were short-lived. The purser told the lady that given the severity of her allergy, it was unsafe for her to fly and asked her to leave the airplane. The other lady then became involved and complained with indignation and said they would not be leaving. Moments later, the captain appeared, and without further ado, both were escorted off the plane, leaving me with two empty seats to stretch out for the long flight. I like to think of it as... Flight attendants one, rude, loud, demanding ladies, nil. Before I hurt my ankle, I was on a roam layover. I had two days. It was so nice. And um, I was, you know, I had more time than normal. And I uh, was taking Herman around and taking pictures of Herman and, you know, trying to do it discreetly to not have people notice my odd behavior, right? So then I had put that on Instagram and uh, Duskbat. He's always liking my stuff on the internet. Nice guy. Um, it's funny how you say nice guy when you never met him. <laughs> but anyway, uh, he wrote, uh, yeah, just play it off like you found a piece of trash. Take it off the statue and like basically be like indignantly, who left that there? <laughs> Getty Images, a Malaysia-bound plane made a U-turn for a frantic passenger who realized that she forgot her baby back at the airport in Saudi Arabia, according to reports. The pilot of Saudi Arabian Airlines flight SV-832 made the rare request air traffic control shortly after takeoff when the passenger told plane crew members that she had left her child at the terminal in Jeddah, Gulf News reported. Can we come back to King Abdulaziz International Airport? The pilot can be heard asking air traffic controllers, according to an online video, the news outlet reported. This flight is requesting to come back, the pilot then tells a colleague. A passenger forgot her baby in the waiting area, the poor thing. The pilot is then heard saying to the air traffic operator, I told you, a passenger has left her baby in the terminal and she is refusing to continue the flight, according to the Guardian. 
the flight was ultimately permitted to return back to the airport. Okay, head back to the gate, one of the air traffic controllers said during the exchange. This is totally a new one for us. So that last story, uh, uh, someone had told me, I hadn't seen it on the news, that someone had left their baby on the airplane. And that video, I was searching for videos so that I could use the audio, uh, also because I don't have a lot of other voices in this podcast because I was flying. And uh, it's not a person reading that story. It's a robot. It's AI. Uh, Aren't there people who need jobs out there? You have to have a computerized voice on a video. And also, the computer doesn't get it right. It should be like, she left her baby at the airport. Her baby. <laughs> Not like, she left her baby. And uh, and also should have been like, uh, I left my baby. I left my baby. <laughs> Not the computerized voice. But anyway, um, a little step back, look behind the scenes of Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase podcast. Uh, for every episode, I do a storyboard. So I have post-its, and I'll have recorded uh, different stories throughout the month. And um, I know I was doing an interview with somebody, and they were like, you're joking, you use post-its. I'm like, no, I use post-its because I can move them around. So I take a couple pieces of paper, I tape them together, and then on my kitchen countertop, uh, island countertop, I put all the stories in like different categories, like all that's me uh, and then girls and guys, uh, because I try not to have too much of me all together. So like the post, it'll have the name of the file. It'll have how long it is. And it'll have uh, good, great, just okay. (laughs) Because I put all the greats together and then the goods together and then the the just okays. (laughs) And then I arrange them because I try to have a couple good ones right off the bat, a couple good ones at the end. And um, and then I'll, I arrange them also whether it's me, girl, or guy talking. And now I guess I have to add robot. So just recently, a listener named Grant pledged $5 on my Patreon account. And I was like blown away. I was like, thank you, Grant. But he also inspired me to take a look at Patreon again. I signed up for it a couple years ago, but I haven't really done much with it. Uh, Patreon is a site where it's kind of like crowdfunding for artists you'd like to support. You're like a patron of the podcast. And uh, people do different tiers and different giveaways. And I wasn't really sure what to do. But since I have a little extra time because of my ankle issue. Oh, and with the ankle, uh, you know how it was. Don't look at my feet. Don't look at my feet. Well, now it's, uh, don't look at my leg. Don't look at my leg. (laughs) Because I went to an orthopedist and he was like, oh man, this is a level two sprain and put me in a whole giant to the knee boot. (laughs) So I have some time to do some things that I normally don't have time to do. So I put, I worked on this Patreon and it's at patreon.com slash Betty in the Sky, patreon.com slash Betty in the Sky. And I'll also have it on my website. So here's some of the goodies I put on there. So for $1 a month, you get the Betty and the Jets, the Adventures of a Traveling Fool ebook. And for $3 a month, you get all three of the TAR collection ebooks. That's right. All three. <laughs> And then for $5 a month, you get a signed copy of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase, my first book. I'll make it out to you or if you want me to do it for somebody else for a gift. And then this is the funny one for the $7 a month 
tier. I don't know if anybody's going to want it or not, but I was talking earlier about the storyboards with the post-it that I make for each episode, and then I kind of draw all over them as I'm bored listening to myself for the umpteenth time. (laughs) Uh, I will write a note on it, personalized to you, and sign it, and laminate it, and send it to you. So, that's it. And if you want to become a Patreon, consider going to patreon.com slash Betty in the Sky. And I thank you so very much. So in the airport, have you noticed that people have an airplane, like an airport face? Like they look different than they do anywhere else. Like um, sort of like vacant, sort of annoyed. Have you noticed the airport face? I think they're focused, I think they're lonely, I think they're afraid, I think they're sad, I think they're happy. It's weird though, it's a different face, don't you think? It's a different face, but it's mostly melancholy. Melancholy. With all those those emotions. That's actually a good word for it. Cool. People have a different face at the airport, like the look on their face. How would you describe people like standing in line at the airport? Nervous out of their element, uptight. Uptight, that's a good one, uptight. And what did you say, just, what do they said, look? Like they look lost. They do look lost. You ever notice that in the airport that people have what I call airport face? It's kind of like a vacant stare, you know, like um, checked out. Like, have you ever noticed like the expressions that people have while they're like standing in line at the airport? <laughs> yeah. How would you describe it? Detached. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> This came from listener Leanne. She was saying that she was deathly afraid of flying. And, you know, a lot of people are. And she said, it was awful. It made me so sad because I really wanted to travel. I started Googling around for some type of meditation on fear of flying assistance on iTunes. And probably because I typed in flying or something along those lines, I stumbled upon your podcast. I started listening to you while I was in the airport and quickly downloaded some more episodes because I found you so funny and interesting. But then something really wonderful happened. Something about listening to you talk as a regular professional flyer calmed me down a lot. You made the whole industry of flying seem more like a regular job and less foreign to me. You distracted me from being afraid and over time made me no longer afraid at all. I know this must seem silly, but I really believe that it was listening to you make this whole foreign scene a normal part of life with nothing to worry about is what changed the whole concept of flying to me. I have since taken a new job where I routinely fly from coast to coast with no worries, and I'm actually starting to enjoy the process as it gives me time to relax and catch up on your podcast and some other hobbies like reading and knitting. For many people, this may have not been a life changer, but for me, it was. I do not have children, and my husband and I are in our mid-30s and 40s, and we have time and money to travel. Traveling is one of my passions in life, something I know we have in common. And the thought of having to white-knuckle through flights forever to see the world was depressing. I am now planning some longer overseas trips and not concerned with the flight, etc. Because of you, I'm getting to experience the things I've always wanted to without fear. Oh my gosh, Leanne, that was the nicest email. This next bit came from Reese and Jeanette. Thank you so much. Saturday Night Live skit. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to flight number 314 with service from Chicago to Dallas. We are now ready to begin boarding. 
Please take a look at your boarding passes and listen for your group to be called before approaching the gate. What group are we, honey? We're group two. We should be on soon. We'd first like to invite any elderly passengers or those needing special assistance. All right, we'll now begin boarding all parents traveling with small children. We now invite our One World Alliance members, Diamond Advantage partners. All frequent fly girls, air buds. First class, X-Men first class. And X-Men business class. This is taking a long time. Honey, they're a commercial airline. I think they know what they're doing. We'd now like to invite all foreign passengers who have not yet been called to ignore us and try to board anyway. Once again, we're asking all Brazilian and Italian passengers to begin pushing and shouting and selectively understand. We'd now like to welcome any travelers with carry-ons that have no chance of fitting in the overhead for compartment. Before we continue, we would like to announce that this is an overbooked flight. If anyone is willing to give up their seats in exchange for the first available flight tomorrow, please approach the desk and explain why your lifestyle permits this. And at this time, we'd like to welcome aboard all farters. People who clap when the plane has landed. We will not board you because what you do is stupid. It looks like we're just about done with the boarding process. Excuse me, you haven't boarded us yet. Oh my goodness, you two are absolutely right. It looks like there are two seats left. You know what? I've actually never been on a plane before. Me neither. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Dave, are you inviting me to go to Dallas with you? I think I am, Carol. What do you say? Now boarding all lovers with stars in their eyes. Now, this next story is about Laos, and you might be going like, she went to Laos like a year and a half ago. Why is she telling this story now? Well, it's because um, I'm in the process of writing Tarfor. Sounds like a place, doesn't it? Tarfor. <laughs> uh, and it's partially set in Laos, and I forgot to tell you guys this story. An interesting little tidbit from Laos is that, uh, I don't know if you know, but Laos was the most heavily bombed per capita during the war than anywhere else in world history. So, I mean, they went through a lot. And there were also so many soldiers there. And I was talking to some local people and they're like, yeah, there were so many, uh, so many Americans, soldiers left their helmets. So there were all these helmets, you know, and it's very poor. So you'll see helmets, you'll see people using them for plants, they use them to get the water out of the boats, like to, to, uh, use it as like a bucket, like a helmet bucket. They'll even cook fish in it. They and they and they fish. They find fish and cook fish in old American helmets. That's interesting. So we were boarding a flight going to Europe, and um, the B purser, the purser is in charge of coach. Uh, comes up to the front galley to talk to the purser and said, uh, we don't have any napkins. There's no napkins on the plane. And uh, they're telling me just we're, they're out of napkins. And it was kind of like, huh? <laughs> like <laughs> napkins is something we use a lot of on the flight, and especially going on like a nine hour flight. You need yourself some napkins. Uh, and um, so then there were like calls and texts going through and towers saying, yeah, there are no napkins. And so 
uh, me and the other people who were working first class or, you know, do, going about our business, we had some napkins, but not enough for coach. And uh, we were like, well, what else? We're very resourceful as a group. You guys don't know it because we just make things work, but we will figure things out. And it was like, well, what are we going to do if there's no napkins? And I was like, well, we've got plenty of toilet paper. And they're like, we can't use toilet paper. Can you imagine if we had a roll of toilet paper on the beverage cart? People, they don't notice a lot because they're too busy looking at their movies and have their big headphones on, but they might notice the toilet paper on the beverage cart. And I was like, well... How about if we, instead of having the roll of toilet paper, which they would notice, indeed, they would notice a roll of toilet paper, but what if we went ahead and separated all the squares? So that is about the same size of our normal napkin that we serve, and uh, and uh, they, they won't see the toilet paper, and you know, how many of them would notice that it was a square of toilet paper and not a napkin? And, I, and then I was like, you know what else we could do? We could uh, twirl it. <laughs> I know this might not, this visual might not work for uh, the rest of, uh, for passengers. But as flight attendants sometimes, and I think back in the Pan Am days, they used to take a stack of napkins and use their palm to like twist and twist so that it was in a nice like spiral uh, formation. Uh, So if we took the squares of toilet paper and did the twist, 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 (laughs) into the nice spiral formation, I bet you we could get away with serving with the toilet paper. (laughs) But we eventually got uh, napkins. They took them from another plane from a domestic flight since, uh, but uh, so the, so the napkin emergency was averted. You know, I love galley talk. I like when we're just standing around the galley talking and lots of times it is not about airline specific things. A lot of people have a lot of different interests, different connections, people have different jobs. And this guy was saying, he was just talking about his friend who works for Ford. And he was saying, oh, yeah, and they were having this um, convention in like Rio de Janeiro. And the woman who was speaking uh, had an accent. And this was right when the Ford Focus came out, the car, the Ford Focus. And she would be up there in front of all these people from Ford and a lot of them from the United States. And she kept saying, um, what is so great about the Focus? And then she'd go, <laughs> keep going on. And then she'd say things like, what the Focus brings to the brand? And then <laughs> And so later on, they were having a drink and they were saying, if she said, what the fuck is <laughs> one more time, they were going to lose it. Quick update. I'm just about finished with Marjo, the only audiobook. Boy, that's a big job and a lot of time in the closet, but at least it's not hot yet. And I have the time. So that takes a long time to post. If I can figure out how... Uh, we'll put the other two Tar audiobooks as a tier on Patreon because I did have a couple people complain to me that they didn't want to have to join Audible to get the audiobook. Anyway, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together, even though I'm not really traveling right now. Bye. She's been and tell you where she's going. You'll have some fun, so why not come along? 
Big fat ugly crocs on. Go!